I can't hear you. That could be me. Give me one second here. You there, mate? I'm here. Bang. I can hear you. You can hear me all good? I can, of course. Beautiful. David, Dave, can I call you Dave or David? You call me king of the zucchini people for all I (laughs) mind. Um, Yeah, no, Dave is fine. How are you, Dave? Great to have you on, mate. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I, uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of Australia. I've been a number of times, and I love it every single time, and I love all the people there equally. But, but after this interview, I might skip the list a little bit? Well, we'll, we'll see how it goes, mate. <laughs> see, uh, you might climb up a little further in my estimation. I, you know. Oh, the, that's not bad, actually. Yeah, I've been working on it for quite some time. Oh, shit, that's really good. You've obviously <laughs> been a few times down here. I have, indeed. I, yeah, I shot a pilot there in, uh, oh, I can't remember when, 2003. I was in the, lived in, in the Gold Coast for a while. and uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I was just, uh, what, summer before last, I went to Comic-Cons in Perth and Sydney and went to Uluru, and yeah, I love Australia. Oh, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. And you've probably been in- to a lot of cons, too. I've been to a well in Australia just two, um, okay. but for my other job as a filmmaker, I've been I've scouted Melbourne. Your your government gave me a helicopter to fly around Sydney and Melbourne in, which uh, so thank you for that. Uh, your tax dollars at work. <laughs> oh and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah it's fantastic. What was that for? That was for Wolves when we were thinking about shooting in uh, in Australia. Oh right. Well, don't worry. I'm going to get all into movies with you. We're going to talk a lot, lot of movies because I've got to pick your brain. But you, you also, you lived in Japan, didn't you? I did. I went to high school there. Uh, lived in Kobe and Osaka, uh, off and on for about four years. And what was that and, like? That was amazing. Well, it was amazing. It was life changing. I, uh, I, you know, learned to speak, you know, decent Japanese and and. I lived in Kobe in the 80s where there were very few foreigners. So it was sort of like being uh, sort of like being Tom Cruise, you know, you or, or uh, they all used to call me Duran Duran. I'd walk down the street and they, they'd be like, no, no, notorious. <laughs> and uh, so it was it was really fun. Uh... The Jap- Japanese people are amazing. The life there was incredible. Um, and we just, you know, we went to clubs, dance clubs and we were drinking at seventeen and fantastic. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty young to be there. There, you know what I mean. When did you? So when did you move back to the states in your twenties? I moved back. Um, well, I moved back to Canada when I was nineteen, and then I did Canada. A year sorry, of, yeah. No, that's all right. I, I've lived in both. Um, I did a year of theater school in Toronto, and then I said um, to hell with you people. I'm moving to Hollywood, and that's what I did. And that's where you're based out of now, LA. Yeah, been in L.A. for forever. Well, you've got to be, don't you, if you're in the entertainment industry, L.A. or New York, really, isn't it? Well, you know, certainly when I was coming up, that was that was a necessity. I mean, things are a little different now. Um, you know, you can do meetings and pitches and stuff from wherever. Um, yeah. But it is helpful to be, you know, L.A. is just all about filmmaking and, and the entertainment industry, so it does make it easier to to network and to find work and, you know, build alliances, make enemies. <laughs> yeah. So how was your how was your twenty twenty 
you know, with COVID and everything, how did that affect your day-to-day life, mate? Well, well, I mean, well, my hair got a lot longer. Uh, I like I, it. Yeah, yeah, it's my, it's the Jon Snow look. Um, but better looking. Well, far better looking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, being a screenwriter and a voiceover actor, I can do those things from anywhere, you know, like mostly from home. Um, so it was a lot more uh, uh, working from home than I had been used to, but it didn't, didn't really change my life that much. I mean, I really miss, I miss bars and I miss my friends and I miss, uh, you know, just basic human interaction, but, but work-wise it's been pretty, um, pretty good actually. Yeah. Well, like just a mixture of everything from acting to producing to writing, or were you honing in on one certain thing? No, I do it all. I, I, um, I'm negotiating a, a film deal right now for a, a movie that I wrote uh, over the pandemic um, and a big, uh, I can't say yet, but a big company's um, made an offer to buy it. Oh. And uh, I just did an appearance in an animated movie as a voice actor, which is very, very cool. I can't talk about that either. <laughs> so, I uh, apologize. I'm, I'm used to having guests on here say, yeah, I've got some really cool stuff. Can't tell you anything about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just the yeah, industry, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, I, I I can talk about. Um, I'm producing uh, season two of Warrior Nun, uh, which is a show. Yeah, I, I man, awesome. To create on on Netflix. Um, so actually, in in uh, three weeks, I'm going to move to Madrid for six months. So if really? anybody's from, yeah, if anybody's from Madrid, I'll I'll be sneaking around. You know, if you see a cardboard box, that's me probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll be in Spain for uh, till till the end of October, probably. Really, for the for the whole shoot. Yeah. So, what well, overseeing it? What's your what is your role like for that show? I I am. It's the greatest job in the world. I think I'm I'm <laughs> I, I'm essentially second in command, and as far as the creative goes. Wow. Um, and uh, I basically, the plan is that I will sit on set and if the actors or the directors have any question about why they're saying a particular line or don't understand the story, don't understand what we're trying to set up, I have it all in my head because I've been working on it for a year and I say, well, you know, we're trying to accomplish this and this and this, you know, so we need these moments. And I can't really envision a better job, you know. Because, yeah, because usually on TV shows there's different, directors for each episode yeah yeah uh yeah uh, well this one it's actually uh one director for two episodes so um so they will be so they sh- it's called block shooting so they'll do two episodes at once and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. and get those done and then and then you have so we'll have four uh well i, I shouldn't really say how many episodes no but you've done directing before as well haven't you with wolves I have. is that I something have. you'll go back to or is it too difficult? If, the, if, if they'll let me, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved it. We didn't get a very good rollout, so nobody saw the movie. So it's not like people are banging down my door. But I, um, I actually wrote another movie for me to direct, which we are trying to set up to shoot in uh, Adelaide, uh, either Adelaide or Sydney, at the end of the year. So I may move from Spain to Australia. Oh, nice. Then yeah. there's a then we'll have a beer, hey. We'll have a beer and uh, some some uh, 
what is it? The Morton Morton Bay Bugs, you know, <laughs> sort of thing. You know your stuff, eh? A kangaroo uh, steak or two. You know? Oh, you haven't had? Have you had kangaroo before? I have. I just two years ago. Oh, really? And what do you yeah. think? I was fine. It was good. It was a, a, a lean steak. I mean, I I don't think I'd chase it down because they're, no. they're so cute. But um, but uh, but it was a it was it was a decent decent meal. Man, we got we got a lot to talk about. So I'll, I'll try and get through as much as we can. Um, Javier says you look a bit like Venom Snake with that long hair. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Snake and I, Snake and I have a, a lot in common, obviously. And Venom's Snake is the only Snake who's not me, so that's weird. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, so, how did how did that how did that role actually change your life? Because I mean, did you ever think, you know, twenty years later, you'd still be this this character would still be so impactful. You know, you're still doing so many cameos on it. You're, you know, it's still in your life. It's still a huge part of your life. It's, did you think when you did those lines, did those recordings back then that that you'd be here 20 years later or so? Well, um, I I don't know that I I certainly I couldn't have envisioned 20 years from then. I, I what was I? I was 20. 28, I think, when I did the first one, and I couldn't really picture my future at all. And really, when I got yeah. Snake, I, I was I was broke. I you know I had produced and starred in a little film, but it didn't make any money, and and um, so I was broke and depressed. And then I got this this amazing role, and I knew going in to record it, uh, they had all the designs, the Yodushinkawa designs, up on the wall, and I got to see cutscenes from. Uh, I got. To, they showed me the moment when Snake takes down Liquid in the Hind D, oh. and it was so cinematic and so impressive that I I knew it was going to be uh, big, and I knew people were going to like it, um, or at least I knew that it was going to be a big swing for Konami and and Kojima and everybody. Um, so I I did expect it to be a big a big groundbreaking video game, just but, because of um, the gameplay and the game itself. Yeah, it was yeah. just completely revolutionary, and and it was the oh, first yeah. game, it was the first game ever where the actual player character went straight into the cutscenes without without changing the style. You oh, know, it used really? To be you'd, yeah, it used to be you'd play and you'd have like this sort of like blank polygonal face, and then it would go into a cutscene and it'd be this beautifully rendered CG scene. But um, but Snake, that's why Snake didn't have a face really in the first game. It was uh, so course. that you could go straight into the movie of it. And so that had never happened in a game before. And I, I knew that that was going to be a big uh, impact. Uh, now, uh, if you told me that I would be spending time at this age doing 2,500 cameo voices as Snake, <laughs> I probably would have said, what the hell's a cameo? <laughs> Who are you? And how did you get into my room? You know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, so it really does dom it, it dominates my life in a in a I mean daily it's it's you know I, if I go on my Twitter it's it's all about snake it's everything is about snake oh really um, yeah yeah which is which is cool because I mean he's an amazing character and it's and it's incredible to have inspired so many people uh, so many people's enthusiasm and love for this character in this world um, but it is weird because I I mean I've done 
you know, 60, 70 projects since then. And some of them were giant number one movies around the world. And still it's all, <laughs> it's all snake. Yeah. Yeah. Some, you know, blockbuster movies, Watchmen, X-Men, but yeah. When's the last time you did? What was the last line you recorded for Snake? How long ago was that? Last line I recorded? That's a good question. Oh, God, I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> so Metal Gear 4 was in 2009. Metal Gear uh, Peace Walker was uh, in um, 2010, I believe. So that was the last official game I did. Um since then, I recorded a commercial yeah. for Sony as Old Snake, mm-hmm. and I recorded a commercial for Ford as Snake um, a few years after that. Ford? Probably. Wow. Yeah, you can, you can Google it. It's uh, Snake and the Colonel talking about the Ford Focus SE, <laughs> you know, which, which I was doing this commercial for these guys as, a, um, as myself uh, for Ford, and they said, Hey, would you do one as Solid Snake? And I'm like, well, you have to get Konami's permission. I was like, they'll never go for that. And then they did, and then I was stuck, and so I had to, I had to do it. Um, <laughs> cool. So I, I think that was the last. I think that Ford commercial was the last time I officially got paid to be Snake. But what people don't know is you do. Oh so no, that, that, I, I'm sorry, that's not even true. No, I did cam. I did cameos in Bomberman as uh, oh yeah, Naked Snake and Solid Snake. Um, and that was probably 2018, 2017. So actually it was a lot more recent. When was Smash Bros? Well, Smash Brothers, we, we, we recorded that during, uh, Metal Gear 4. They came in while we were in the studio there. So that was 2009. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Well, what people don't know is the amount of cameos you do. You must be one of the hardest working people on that site in terms of how many you get. Surely you're up there in the rankings. I did. I asked them. I was like, "Am I? Do I do the most cameos of anybody?" And they said, "No. There's. I think it's a couple who do. They have some home improvement show or something, and they do just thousands of cameos. And I think really? Andy Dick. Andy Dick lives off of cameos, and uh, so so some people do more than I do, but I don't know how. It's uh, it's a lot. Yeah." Well, I was going to say, anyone in the chat now, feel free to head in the link in the description and get one from Dave. Yeah, You'll sure. be more than happy. Did you Enjoy. did you see the the Taco Bell one that blew up two million views that you did on YouTube? Oh, is was that the uh, crunchy taco situation, Colonel? What's the procedure? Is it, yeah. is it that one? Yeah, two million yeah, views. That, that, that wasn't a cameo. That was a oh, okay. Super- Somebody asked me to do that on video at a Comic-Con. Oh, okay. And they were like, well, you, oh, Tacos Dorados, you know, what's the procedure? And, um, and then, so that started going around. And then the guy was like, can you get Paul Eiding, the colonel, to come in and tell you how to make a taco? And so we did. And we built, we built that in as well. So, yeah, that was sort of viral by design. But do, do you expect two million views? You do. Um. No, that's a that's, lot of views. That's, that's pretty extreme. But I've had tweets that 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 get a million views. Um, oh yeah, you know that it's a pretty huge fan base. So mm. I'm not. Um, I've You're actually not surprised. Three million views. I think the most I ever did was three and a half million. What? What on? Uh, do you remember? 
I think it might have been when I tweeted the picture of me and Kiefer Sutherland uh, drinking together in Dallas and oh, I, uh, yeah. under the heading, the twin snakes. And then, oh, also yeah. the time, and then also the time I yelled at those people for putting my voice in to promote Tekken. Um, it, I don't know. It was some big gaming, gaming tournament or something. And they'd gotten a cameo of me. And they used my voice without permission. And so I yelled at them on Twitter. And, <laughs> and, that, and that one just blew up for some reason, which is uh, kind of a drag because I was being cranky. But, you know, yeah, I yeah. Like <laughs> uh, um, Abril here says, thank you so, so much for your work, Mr. Hader. The impact those games had on my life has been huge. Lots of love from Mexico. Aw, well, gracias, Abril. Yeah. I appreciate that immensely. Uh, Northen says his character in uh, Dragon Age was really cool. Do you remember that doing <laughs> that work? Yeah, I totally. So let me tell you the story about that. So that was uh, what his name was Lieutenant Ren, I think, and and he yeah. was a dwarf. Yeah. And um, so they called me in, and they said they wanted to practice this new performance capture technology. So they brought me in. They put the dots all over my face, and they put a camera to catch my face directly. So it was the first performance capture done for Dragon Age or for, for that company. Um, and I said, uh, I said, well, he's a dwarf. Why don't, why don't I do it with a Scottish accent? You know? And uh, they said, no, don't do that. Just, uh, <laughs> just do a regular voice because it's just a test. It's not going to be in the game. So I kind of oh. did, did the snake voice just because it was comfortable for me. And I knew they were never going to use it. And then the game came out, and they're like, hey, that dwarf is Snake. And I was like, well, you know. So <laughs> nobody, nobody told me that was going to happen, and I, I wish uh, I had known because I would have put on a different, a different voice. But I'm glad people enjoyed it anyway. Oh, so you got a lot of comments saying, you're just playing Snake here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was right. like, I, I wouldn't have done that if I'd have known anybody was going to see it. You know, but it was a misunderstanding. I wasn't, you know. Yeah. Right. Trevor says you need to do another signing. Oh yeah. Well, again, you know, so we did a we did a big Metal Gear reunion signing in January and that was so overwhelming. It took me it took me like 3 weeks to get everything signed. I mean, it was just stacks and stacks wow. and stacks of things. So, um so I will do it again, uh but I'm going to be pretty busy you know, with Warrior Nun pretty soon. So um, I, I don't, I think it won't be for a little while. I, I, my apologies. I am yeah. keeping it waiting. You uh, will do it again, 100%. Garfield I will definitely Cat, do it again. Garfield Cat says, hey, Dave, I enjoyed your uh, MGS games and your movie, Guyver 2. Just wanted to take this moment to say that you are awesome. <laughs> well, thank There's a lot you. of love in this chat for you, brother. What about me, that. guys? I'm you're, here too. No. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sorry. Who was the who was the 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 caller? Um, that was Garfield Cat. Oh, well, Garfield Cat, you're awesome, and Dan, you're awesome. You're pretty good. That's even better if you yeah. know that reference. So, with talking Keith Sutherland, I know you mentioned this before, but so you. You obviously weren't. You're a bit surprised that he came in for that game, right? But you you met I had him. A big, I had a big exclamation point over my head. <laughs> but you you did meet him. He is a lovely guy, isn't he? 
lovely guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, we're both Canadian and, and, um, I went up and I talked to, we were at both at a comic con in Dallas. And so we were at the hotel afterwards. He was at the bar with, uh, with, um, Oh, I can't remember his name, which is terrible. So I shouldn't even describe who it is. Um, I'm sorry, Jason Patrick, the star of, uh, uh, Lost Boys. It was Jason oh, Patrick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Patrick, Kiefer Sutherland, and Leah Thompson from uh, Back to the Future, and they were all at the bar. And so I went up and I introduced myself to Kiefer, and I told him, you know, I was the guy whose job you took for a snake or whatever. And <laughs> he, he, he barely knew what I was talking about. Like, he, really? Like that was just, yeah. No, that was just some voiceover job he did, and he didn't really know. But he was super nice, and he's like, "Ah, sit down, have a beer." And so we hung out, and while we were doing that my assistant for the con was sitting across the bar watching us and she texted me all caps fight him and <laughs> i was like nah, i'm not gonna do that um and then the next day i told her i i think that fighting him would have been easier than drinking with him <laughs> do you drink you under the I, table i was feeling rough i was feeling rough <laughs> Was that a was that a was that a random occurrence? Was that a convention or something? Or yeah, it was a convention. Convention, Comic-Con. yeah. So yeah, he was so there he for MGS as well. No, no, no. He was there for being Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, because he's yeah. a <laughs> yeah, right, he's a superstar. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That makes sense. So, did you end up playing MGS five in the end? No, no, you didn't. Too painful. Oh, really? Too painful. Yeah, I, I, I can't play a game where somebody else is spraying snake. I mean. You know, it sounds sounds pouty, but I, I'm like, you know, it just wouldn't be wouldn't be pleasant. What do you think the reason is, in your opinion? Do you have any clue to this day, or the reason they brought so, in Kiefer instead? Yeah. Of well, I think because Kojima wanted to work with a a movie star, and that's what I think. Yeah, I think that's it. You know? Yeah, because you know, you see, Death actually, and- uh, actually, I I I heard a rumor that. My old friend Avi Arad had recommended Kiefer because I think they were hoping to then have him play Snake in the movies. So uh, I, I, heard that. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's, uh, that's what I heard. Because he, he seems to really love working with Hollywood actors, you know, Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen in the latest well, game. He, you know, in, he, in his dreams, he's uh, he wants to be a, a huge film director, and that's what his yeah. That's where his love lies. So, uh, so yeah, I understand that. Yeah, have you? You've met him a couple of times, but I think people don't don't realize that you're not you're not close friends with him or anything because there is a there's a barrier there, isn't there? In a way, like well, you know. I never. Yeah, I mean, people always say, you know, what, what's it like working with Hideo Kojima? I'm like, I have no idea. He, he <clears> we I met him a few times. He came to visit the recording sessions, but he didn't have anything to do with the English language recording mm. past at all uh, um so he, he he oversees the game in japan and and that's it so um so yeah i, I mean uh, like look i wasn't i wasn't thrilled about their decision for metal gear 5 but i also don't have any you know I'm like you don't have any ill will yeah yeah no i i wish him well i hope you know his game you know he's a brilliant brilliant game maker and i hope he does uh continues to do amazing things and I had an amazing run on Metal Gear, so he's got a go. crazy mind, doesn't he? Crazy mind. Well, I'm I'm replaying Metal Gear Four right now, and I oh, nice! How crazy it is! 
yeah and how insane you know some of the choices are oh yeah. but it's really but it's really fun i mean it's you know the gameplay of those games is always astounding and the technology of them is always mind-blowing so uh so yeah I, I yeah i just don't really know him at all yeah it's 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 bizarre to some people to hear that but it makes sense because i've the guys that i've talked to that were in death stranding they said the same thing they never met him they came in to do the lines and then yeah. that was it they never met him so yep. interesting um matt Matthew says, David, your voice changed as Snake grew older, but if a remake of the first one is in the making and you'll return, do you think you'll be able to still do the young Snake voice? Yeah, I think so. Listen, I can jump back to young Snake anytime I want. Um, the reason it changed is because I played Big Boss, who was older, and yeah. Peace Walker, and then I played Old Snake, who was falling apart, and... Um, so there's many different, you know, snake iterations. I mean, they're, they're, they're all very close cause they're all me, but I feel like the young solid snake is, is somewhere around here. And I think I could pull that off pretty well. So what do you, what do you, do you think they're going to be doing a reboot? What do you think of that? You know, I thought it was just a rumor until the day before yesterday. And then I got a, the tweet. A, no, no. Was there a tweet? I got it. No, I got a text from one of the insiders saying they heard it might really be happening. Oh, okay. Um, what What was the tweet? There was a There was a cryptic tweet. Metal Gear have created this like fake account, um, and they retweet. It was about like I have to get it up. Someone in the chat will get it up. But it was they They were acknowledging something from MGS two from memory on their Twitter account. Mm -hmm. Metal Gear. I'll bring it up now. But um, Metal Gear. Yeah, I mean, it. I, th I think I know for a fact that a lot of people want to see it. So it's just, I, I believe though in reboots, they wouldn't get you to go back and do the lines. They'd just use your old stuff, wouldn't they? Well, they can't from, oh. they can't use the original PlayStation because the sound card on the original PlayStation isn't anywhere near as good as today's consoles. So what happens is you run those old tapes and you can hear traffic going by outside. And you just pick up all, all this room noise because we didn't do it in a studio. We did it in some living room. Um, so of course. We did re-record the entire game for the Twin Snakes uh, so they could theoretically use that, uh, those recordings. Uh, but again, I don't think that the quality would match what needs to be done. But I, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, so the tweet was Tom Olson said, came down to the computer lab to say hi, but there's no one here. They must... But there must be a scrum meeting or something, maybe next time. It's a picture within the game, the lab. Mm -hmm. And then Metal Gear responded saying, Tom, we talked about this. Please check your codec each morning for meeting updates and evacuations. We have visitors coming next week. So that was a little tease. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, yeah, like I say, I, I, I only had some confirmation that it might not be a rumor a couple of days ago. And even that wasn't, that was like, still a rumor but now but now it's an industry rumor so that tends to be a little more accurate than a little more accurate would you how would you approach it would you do a shot for shot remake or would you go third person with the first game would you change it up how would you take it oh no i hate uh well third you mean what do you mean third person like changing like would you camera keep, following yeah or, that's what i mean yeah uh, yeah i don't know um because that would change the boss that would change the 
the game, I think, too much. It would definitely change the game. I mean, part of it was the fixed camera didn't allow you to see things around corners and didn't allow you to always get the angles you wanted on on what you were fighting. And that really played into the gameplay of it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I love third-person games, and it might be kind of cool to... Um, to live more in that environment. I mean, it might be kind of cool to update the, uh, the gameplay to, to modern expectations. I don't know. I mean, I'd be happy either way. I, 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 uh, I got frustrated with the fixed camera, but at the same time, like I say, that's integrated into how it's you play the game, the game though. Like it is the, I don't think you can change that. That's just my opinion. Even though like uh, maybe it's a little bit outdated now. 20 years later. Well, I, but- you know, look, I think I think knowing knowing the industry the way I do, I feel like they're going to want glitteringly beautiful mm. renderings of all of the sets in Shadow Moses Island and all that stuff. And so um so I would expect it will be third person 3D uh immersive uh gameplay, but um but it'd be kind of cool if they just super rendered it and still kept the fixed camera. Yeah. That, that, I would like that. Did you you've played all the games, yeah? All the ones I'm in. Yeah. And which, do you have a favorite? Three? I think I heard you say was your favorite. Yeah, I always say three. I also, I don't want to undercut one because that. One's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I play, I could play through one or three anytime. Um, But three felt just from the cinematic scope of it. The full, and the full story and the world of it as well. Um, Just that retro russian jungle or where where wherever well yeah it was russian jungle um that whole world was just so immersive and really cool and the story story was amazing mm. uh, the other cast was amazing so um so yeah i think that that one is really the most successful all the way around but i love three i love two i love four i love peace walker i love the peace all. walk is underrated more people should yeah. play that yeah and the artwork in it is astounding yeah, the the the, the drawn cutscene is really cool. When fans come up to you or talk to you, what do they say their favorite is? Because a lot of people in this chat said MGS three was their favorite. Three and one were the standards. It's always it's always yeah. Three is usually the most. One is next, and then two. Like I, I, nobody people rarely say four, even though I think that's a pretty amazing game. But um, and two is very weird and. Uh, not my favorite but but it is still a great game but a lot of people are like that's my favorite you know and i think they really love the weirdness of it you know that it's so bizarre and so uniquely metal gear that uh that people really really dug it why do you think four doesn't get as much mention i don't know um i don't know really because the cutscenes are like 100 hours long there's a lot of cutscenes. But I, yeah, you. I've- yeah, I'm I, I'm playing it now, and I'm trying to watch everything because I want to remember all the scenes that we shot or that we recorded. And um, yeah, it's a lot. It's like you really have to be a hardcore fan to sit through all mm. of it. Um, and, and yeah, maybe the cut scenes overwhelm the gameplay of it. Uh, but you know that return to Shadow Moses Island, the fight between Metal Gear Rex and Ray. There's some amazing uh, moments, yeah. And some, there's some incredible things in that game. So, and the and the octo camo, I just can't get enough of that. Yeah. Do you look at these games like with your director producer lens sometimes, and like oh, I would have done oh, this differently? Good. Yeah. Yeah, mostly. Well, 
from a director producer standpoint, from a director standpoint, it's hard to fault the games because they're so beautiful. They're so beautifully shot. The cinematics are astounding. Um, but the writing sometimes as a screenwriter, I'll be like, oh, you know, I wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have done it quite that way. But, you know, again, that's part of what makes Metal Gear Metal Gear. It's Kojima's, you're in Kojima's world, and that's very unique. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't write it like that. Um, so mm. there are definitely things I would do differently, but I don't know that I could say that there's anything I would be able to do better, you know. I, I you know, when I'm, when I'm, when I play Snake, I, I'm not a director or a screenwriter or anything. I just come in to do my job and live You're that an character. Yeah, and I do it the way they want me to do it. I, I don't. I'm not allowed to rewrite anything or no. make any changes. So. Did you have Did you have an impact on the character? Like, were you able to change anything or improvise as you were doing it, or did you stick to the script? Had to stick to the script. If you changed a word, they had to call Tokyo and clear it with everybody. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it really became, you know, if there was something where I was like, you know, this line would be so much better if it was this, then we'd go through that process. But for the most part, um, I just did it as, as written. I mean, I get to shape the character through how I choose to do the voice and how oh, yeah. I choose to react to people, but that's that's pretty much it. Pa- Parzival says, hello, Mr. Hayda. Um Shout out to the Liquid fans. Big thank you for the snake roll. You are my childhood hero. You made my day 200 times better today. Uh, Well, thank you, Parzival. I appreciate the support. Now, watch out for Metal Gear. I love how you just... I love how you just switch it on. Does that voice ever, like... Does it take its toll on on you? Or is it... It's easy now? No, I, I can do it anytime. I, uh, yeah, I just developed some techniques to figure out how to make it happen whenever. And plus, the older I get, the easier it is to, the more I sound like Snake. You know? <laughs> when, I, when I first started, I, I, you know, I just sounded like this and I had this very young voice. And, and yeah. now, now I'm a little closer to what it is. Uh, Shane says, um, I have to pick my daughter from school, but David, I love you. Metal Gear will always belong to you. Love your movies and shows. Much love. Thanks, man. Da- Snake, David, thank you for bringing Big Boss and Solid Snake to life. Thank you for being so kind to the fans. I hope I can meet you in person one day. Much love. I hope so too. I um, it'll be nice when I can go back to doing comic cons and meeting people. And but if you ever see me on the street, you know, feel free to shout my name three times. Snake, 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 <laughs> and I'll respond. Would you? You would look. You'd have to. That would get your attention for sure. I I always do. I, you know, yeah. like if I go to Comic Con in San Diego, that happens all the time, and I'm always like, "Yeah, that's right." You know, <laughs> that's what, so. No, I always. I love my level of fame is just ideal. Oh, you know, it's so get, good. Yeah, I, I don't get hassled. Yeah. I don't get hassled. But but now and again, people out of nowhere just go, "Oh my god, I love you to death," and it's it's always positive. It's always great. Is it always is it always snake though? Is it ever for the screenwriting or anything else? Um, yes, it was. I got recognized for Giver uh, not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. So that was that was cool. Uh. Some people. I mean, you have to be a hardcore cinephile to know me from know my name from screenwriting and then recognize my face. So mm. sometimes in. Industry people in Hollywood will sometimes go, aren't you David Hayter, the, the filmmaker? And I'm like, yes, I am. 
And um, because even if they're asking about X-Men, they really want to hear about Snake. I mean, that's that's just how it is. Yeah, I was going to say the, the the dealings you've had in Hollywood and in that in that realm. Do you get a lot of people talking about gaming to you? And how how do they how do they see gaming? Uh, some do. I mean, the gaming world and the Hollywood world are still very insular from each other. They're they're not, you know, they're not really inter- intertwined. But a lot of uh, young executives now have grown up playing games, and so. Um, so sometimes they'll know that I'm snake or they'll, or I'll have a meeting, a 10 minute meeting, and then they'll make a snake joke out of nowhere. And I'll be like, okay, they've been that for a while. Um, but for the most part, it's very different. Like people in Hollywood know me as a screenwriter and a producer. And, you know, I have this certain level of, you know, respect or recognition. And a lot of them don't have any idea that, that I'm snake or, and many of them don't even know what snake is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause uh, do you still think there's like this stigma around gaming and acting and gaming? Like it's, uh, it's not as good or cause you know, you no, talk about no, Keitha and he, he didn't, he didn't seem like he was as passionate as, you know, yourself or, you know, a Troy Baker or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I can't speak to that. I, I, I don't know how impassioned he was. I didn't play the game. But uh, I don't think that people look down on, on uh, I don't think that like on-camera people look down on voiceover anymore. No. I mean, if you know anything about games, the, the, the cinematic quality is many times better than Hollywood. Mm. The acting quality, you know, Troy Baker, Nolan North, Jennifer Hale, Great Delisle. I mean, these People are so good. They're awesome at, at their jobs that, I mean, you can look down on them if you want, but you're making a grave mistake because these are some of the most talented people in the world, and they do it better than anybody else. So, so uh, no, I don't think there's a stigma. I mean, if there is, I wouldn't care anyway. I, I don't care about other people's stigmas. <laughs> yeah, Cal says David is becoming old snake. <laughs> with the hair. I am. I am definitely becoming old snake. You can see you can see the white in it now. There's a cosplay and, uh, coming on soon, I reckon. Yeah, well maybe. <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Uh Snake here says, Are there any lines that just straight up confused you when recording? Yeah, yes. 40% of them <laughs> confused me. <laughs> you know, that that's 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 the other thing too, because sometimes I Sometimes, like I'm playing Metal Gear Four, and I'll be like, God, you know, I wish I'd have delivered that better. Or, and then I'm like, I didn't have any way to understand what I was saying. Like, when we are reading those lines, we we don't get the script in advance. So when you hear me read it, that's the first time I'm seeing it. So really, it's very yeah, it's very difficult to make that feel natural. Jeez, and, you did and, a good job then. <laughs> well, thank thank you. Well, I, I, we all did. You know, we're Far all sort out. of going. We're all living these weird conversations for the first time. And so, you know, so I, very often I would have to stop and say, who is this Sunny? How old is she? Why is she making eggs? Why is that important? You know, what is her relationship to Snake? Am I, you know, whatever. I have to, it's it's like, and there's no visuals yet. So you, you have to kind of do it in the dark and kind of feel your way through and figure it out. So, and then there's just reams and reams of technical information and, history of metal gear and all that stuff so um yeah a lot of times it doesn't make any sense and so i have to ask 
And then it, my question gets translated into Japanese and they ask somebody in Tokyo and then they come back to me and say, oh, well, it's this and this and this. And sometimes the explanation doesn't make any sense. So that's, that's so uh, you didn't, the voice director that you had didn't, wasn't able to answer those questions? Sometimes she was. Okay. Um, I mean, she, Chris Zimmerman, who directed them all and mm-hmm. is brilliant, you know, w- was easily able to answer uh, character questions and, you know, relationships and stuff like that. But it, as far as like weird yeah. technical things or, or where it gets really off the, like, I'm like, why are we in the um, rectum of Arsenal gear? What does that mean? And nobody could explain that to me. They're like, well, it's these levels and they're called after these sound like whatever. Let's just go. And um, so, uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody, including Kojima, who could go through and explain to you every single line, you know. Oh, no. Maybe Kojima could. I don't know. So did you, was it all voice? Did you ever do any mocap for Metal Gear? No, the mocap's all done in in Japan. So. um, Of course, yeah. So when we did. Metal Gear 4, all I could see were videos of the Japanese mocap actors. I could see the Japanese yeah. version of Snake uh, climbing onto the helicopter and I, you know, I could, I could react with his movements and stuff like that. Um, no, sadly, I never got to do any mocap for Snake. I, I wish I had. Because I, I feel like I have seen pictures of Norman Reedus in the mocap, so that might have been different on that game. Well, I'm sure he did because he's, you know... Yeah. He's the movie star. He's he's the guy they wanted. I'm sure he did performance capture and yeah, motion yeah. capture. You know, I don't. If it was my face, um, if it was like supposed to be me as an actor in mm. the role, I would insist on doing the mocap because whenever anybody else walks for you, uh, it's not you know it's it, it changes the character. So it's sort of like the character in the. Um, Republic. So I played this character. Was that mocap? Yeah, I had my face and scanned my face in my performance capture, but somebody else did the mocap. And just oh, the way he the way he no. moved and the way he walked, I'm like, I I wouldn't walk like that. But <laughs> so you've you've have you ever done motion capture before? Just just the face stuff? Just performance capture. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But you'd obviously like uh, it to is, do it. It is because I uh, yeah, I'd love to do it. I mean, I know yeah. how to fight. I know how to move. I uh, I would love to do it. My friend Elias Tufexis does it all the time, and it just seems like a blast. But at the same time, you know, voicing, voice acting is not my primary job. Mm. You know, my, my primary job is as a screenwriter, as a producer, and occasionally as a director. And so that takes up most of my time. The voice acting, I I do when I get offers, and I do, but I don't. You don't actively pursue? I don't really pursue it too mm. much. I just, I'm lucky enough to be well-known and people say, hey, what about David for this? And if you ask me, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but if I have to put a bunch of work into, like I'm not going to go audition for mocap uh, yeah. parts. It's, I don't have time. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But you would love to do it maybe at some point. I'd love to, off- for somebody yeah. to just hand it to me, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kuma says MGS4 was my first game in the series. Love it. That's an interesting oh, cool. way to get into it. Number four. It is. Work, well, it's kind of cool to, to dig back into the history after that. I, I think that's cool. So now we've got to, t- we've got to talk a bit of movies. Um, talk to me. So you worked on Scorpion King. I did. Talk to I me did. about that. 
It was so cool. So they were three weeks out from shooting that movie. It was The Rock's first starring role in a film. He was in the wrestling, yeah. Yeah, he was 29 years old, I think, at the time. And um, so it was three weeks before they were going to start shooting. And the president of the studio uh, sent me, the president of Universal sent me the script and said, what do you think about the script? And I was like, "Uh, I think it could use some work. And so I, I wrote up two pages of notes on how, what I would change, how I would handle it, so on and so forth. And they, and so she contacted my agents. They hired me on a weekly basis, paid me just an ugly, ugly sum of money uh, to come in and do uh, rewrites for the three weeks prior to them shooting and then a couple of weeks while they were shooting. So wow. at, at one point they called me and they said, we're shooting the climax of the movie and we don't, know what to do can you come out here and work it out with us so i was like yeah so they sent a van for me and i went out to the mojave desert it had this huge castle set built and i and so it was me the director chuck russell and the rock and (laughs) we were figuring out and he's all in his scorpion king gear we're figuring out what the final action sequence should be and i was like okay well where's his bow and they said his bow is across the, across the, it's lying, you know, across the, the deck there. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So he can spot it at the last moment and like he dives for it, but he'd been shot in the back um, by a, a bowman. And yeah. so I was like, so then on the day I was like, I was like, oh my God, he should get the bow, pick it up and realize he's got no arrows and the girl's about to be killed and the villain's about to win. And he just reaches back over his back and like pulls the arrow out of his back and bang and, and kills him. And so I, so I made up that moment on the set. Wow. And, uh, that's like the best moment. <laughs> I, it was so cool. That's and, crazy. And so the, yeah. So the rock loved it and Chuck loved it. And, and so, so that's how, uh, so that's how it happened. And it was really, really cool. And I'd done that a few, I did that for, um, you know, the first time you meet Wolverine, the first time you see Wolverine's claws in X-Men, uh, there's a moment where he's been cage fighting and the guy whispers in his ear, I know what you are, freak, and he pulls a knife on him. And Hugh Jackman, I was like, I was like, okay, so I got in the seat where Hugh Jackman was. I was like, okay, so this guy pulls a knife. So you turn around, boom, block the knife, put the claws to his neck and, you know, pin him to the thing. Then I was like, a, a shotgun barrel should come in right by his ear and it's the bartender saying, you know, get out of my bar freak. And you think that's it. He's, you know, he's caught it's fights over, but he just snarls and then boom. And he slices the shotgun in half with his other hand. So you've got him with one set of claws here and one set of claws back here and this big hero pose. And I was like, and that could be your introduction to Wolverine. And they were like, wow, that's, and, and that's so awesome. Yeah, so I did. So again, I you know I like I say I had a bunch of fight training, and uh, so I just put it to use in those moments. And when you do something like that, and then you see it on film, it's there's nothing better. It's tell really tell me, he's a great guy because I love that man. He he's, is he is the nicest man. Oh yeah, I, I may have ever met. Oh, um, that's great to hear. Yeah, you know, and he it was his big break on on X Men, obviously, mm. and, and so. So, you know, he was very 
humble. I mean, I think he's still very humble, but at the time, you know, he was just like, holy shit, this is a, a, a huge opportunity. He and wasn't so as big we, back then. Yeah. No, well, nobody knew who he was. He was doing theater. Um, he had done a few small Australian movies. So some of the Australians knew him. Yeah. But it was, but it made him a superstar. And, and anytime I've seen him since, he's just so kind. And I, I well, the last time I saw him was X-Men 3. I went to visit the set. And he was like, Dave, hey, come on, join us for dinner. And so I went and went to his trailer, brought my cousin, and she was just starstruck. And we sat <laughs> and had dinner with Wolverine. And, you That's know, awesome. he's just... He just is the sweetest, most generous guy. Really is. What did you think of Logan? I thought that was a really oh great movie to send it off, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. It it had so many nods to our first two films. Didn't it? Yeah, and it was so I wrote I sent out a tweet to James Mangold who who directed it and um just, you know, great expressing director. how blown away I was by it and, and how he got to do like an R-rated Wolverine, which we never got to do. Mm. And so it was just, yeah, across the board, just an incredible film, you know. And he's tackling, James is tackling uh, Indiana Jones, isn't he? I know. That's I a tough task. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. Oh, I mean, I'm man. with, but I, I wouldn't want the pressure. The pressure on that man now to deliver far out. Yeah. yeah Especially crazy. after the fourth, you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> Uh, Guy Man here says, I'm just playing Old Republic right now. David is great in this one too. Aw, thank you. So, so yeah, so Guy Man, I really appreciate that because I, um, so I do the lead Jedi character player voice in, in Star Wars The Old Republic. I've been doing it for 12 years, so I've been doing it just about as long as I did Snake. And when I signed on, the Star Wars people were like, listen, you know, Metal Gear fans are one thing, but Star Wars fans are insane. Like oh. your life is, your life is about to change, and it didn't at all. People rarely talk about Knights of the Old Republic <laughs> at all. It never comes up. Uh, <laughs> I'm still inundated with Snake, and um, I, I think people don't really know that it's me. But because uh, I really, I I do it with more of my own voice, which is sort of Jedi like and. And I put a Jedi spin on it, and I try to keep any gravel out of it. Uh, is it because so, it's called Male Knight, or you know what I mean? It's not a yeah. And I think because you, yeah, and I think because you can make him look like anything you want, so he doesn't have a set face. Exactly. You know, there's no there's no set design that people can. It's not a character to. there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just whoever your interpretation of him is. So, um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's why. Yeah, but I mean, it does bother me either way, but I. I I just thought no. it was funny that they were like, oh, Star Wars, you're going to be overwhelmed. And I'm like, I'm completely whelmed. <laughs> Give me more, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, MV says, I cried when I heard your voice in Bloodstain. Ah, uh, yes, so it falls to me. Um, Great game. Yeah, Zeng- Zengetsu. Yeah, that's a cool game. I was very, very grateful to to play that. Also, I don't know if you know, but I do the opening narration bit as... Uh, in the game. Yes, doing yeah. my doing my Ian McKellen, you know, <laughs> do sort of an older British narrator, you know. Well, so I, I don't think anybody knows that's me. I knew it was you from another interview. I didn't. I, oh, okay, your acting was too good. I didn't know, but well, thank I I know because of an interview. Yeah, uh, Crank right. Mambo, David, much love. 
Nobody, Mambo. nobody plays Snake better. Could I ask, do you still play games much now? And if so, what games are you playing at the moment? I do play probably far more games than I should, given how busy I am. <laughs> uh, um, I'm playing Metal Gear. I'm currently playing Metal Gear Four. I'm re-obsessed with Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Uh, playing mm. the online, the space starfighter uh, levels, um, so you can come out and try to kill me if if, if you dare. Um, <laughs> that's the only thing I play online. And then I'm also playing uh, Oddworld Soulstorm because I I've always loved Oddworld. And uh, well, you were in the last game, weren't you? I was. Yeah, yeah. I was in a well, I was in a reboot of of, yeah. of the first one. Yeah, I was. yeah, you and were the so- the bad guys. Yeah. No, no, I no? was one of the Mudokan. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the Mudokans to be, but I was a cranky sort of snake-like Mudokan. <laughs> so. And then they raised my voice, so it's like, "Hey, what are you looking at, Stitch Lips?" You know, like that sort of. Oh, I'm gonna have to go cool. back now and hear that. How are you finding yeah. it, Soulstorm? It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. game. I, I yeah, I, the world is is so cool. The gameplay is very challenging. You know, it's hard to save them all, and um, but I'm really. I don't know. It's very zen, you know. You you sort of fall into a zone where you're leaping and jumping and taking over the minds of slags, and it's really fun. It's a it's one of my childhood games because, yeah, would I would have played it when I was seven or eight or nine. So I have to. I've only played a little bit, but I've got to keep going. Um, SGN says, "What would happen if Solid Snake got a hold of Guyver?" <laughs> well, that's a that's a good question. Um, well, Solid Snake, it depends on at what point in their lives. I mean, when I was the Giver, I was 23, so I had a lot of power, but I wasn't overly wise or strategic. So I think, you know, Snake would be very difficult to beat because he's very smart. But the Giver is the Giver. You know, he's bulletproof and he's covered in blades and uh, his kung fu is very, very strong. So uh, I don't know. Tough call. Have you, going back to games, have you played games like Last of Us Part Two or God of War, any of those big hitters? Have you tried them out? I tried. I mostly just play, you know, AAA list games because I want to know what the state of the art is and I want to know. Plus, I get sent a lot of these games. I got sent Days Gone as a potential adaptation into a movie. So, ah. um, so I got that one for free and I played it and I loved it. Um, can't comment on the movie. I, I don't know what's happening with that. Uh, yeah. But um, I played God of War, a number of the God of War games. Uh, I love the Assassin's Creed games. I I started to play Last of Us, and the opening of it. And this is a somewhat of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. But when when he loses his daughter, that was as a father of a daughter. That was too rough. Too for much. Me. Yeah, I couldn't take it, so I I quit. Really. Isn't that yeah, amazing? I just, you know, and I knew there was another young girl coming into it and it was just going to be torturous and sad. And, um, you know, I try to play games for fun, and <laughs> not, not, not emotional torture, you know. You're 100% uh, right. You're 100%. I mean, that's not knocking. Look, those no, are no. that's a amazing, compliment. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Amazing story. But the story was too real and too compelling uh, for me to put myself through that kind of heartache. So I, I didn't do it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's too close to home. Uh, model says, David, I messaged you on Instagram a Metal Gear Three knife I made. I think I think Dave gets oh, cool. a few. 
um, messages, guys. So bear with him responding. Well, I do. I do. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> I don't. I barely look at Instagram. I, I I have it for doing like live signings and stuff like that. But I really, if you want my attention, try to go to my Twitter account, mm. uh, and I will probably see your knife there. Uh, I apologize that I've missed it today. Yeah. Just tave, ta- tag Dave on in, uh, Twitter, which is linked yep. in the description. Um, what about the Metal Gear movie, mate? Have you? What was your thoughts on Oscar Oscar Isaac coming into that? Pro? He's a great actor. I got to say, I loved him yeah, in Ex Machina. A, oh yeah, oh yeah, that was that was so good. Mm. Um, yeah, he was so great in that. Uh, yeah, I think it's amazing. He's you know he's a huge movie star, great actor. Um, you know, there were a few other big choices that were mentioned where I was like, "Oh God, please not! Don't let it be that who, person." Who were they? Can you uh, say I, or nope, not? No, no, okay. can't dog another, can't dog another actor. No, okay. But there's oh. some big actors out there where I'm just like, "Why are they?" It just wouldn't fit, thing, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, no, Oscar Isaac's going to be amazing. So, uh, and the other thing, as a Hollywood professional, that I love about it is he probably gets the movie made, you know, like they'll find a time. If he really wants to do it, they'll find a time in his schedule and they'll finally commit to, you know, spending $200 million or whatever on the movie, uh, which has been a long time coming. I I love Oscar Isaac and I think he'll do great. If I had a second choice, I'd go Hugh. I reckon yeah, he would have done I justice. also like Hugh. Um, yeah. I, I originally pitched it for Hugh. Uh, mostly because you know, because he's such a lovely guy, but he's also you know, he's a six foot ten super handsome. I'm sorry, six foot two, super handsome. You know, uh, movie star. So, and I think he looks like Snake. So, um, I think he would have been really good as well. But Oscar Isaac has got a, you know, got a darkness about him that I think will really work well for it. And I think it's a great choice. Great choice. If 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 in a hypothetical world they said come and direct this, Dave, come and screen do the screenwriting, you'd you'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, I'd probably have a stroke out of sheer surprise. <laughs> um, would I do it? I'd absolutely do it. But uh, <laughs> you know, there are political issues that stand in the way. Um, yeah, of me working on the film. So uh, so I doubt that they're going to give me a two hundred million. My last, my last film, I think, made four hundred thousand dollars. So I, I doubt they're going to give me a two hundred million dollar film to, <laughs> to direct just yet. Um, no, but you know, but I'm friends with the, the the director who's attached, Jordan Roberts, and he's great and a huge fan. Mm-hmm. So, movie's definitely in in good good shape. But yeah, I would absolutely do it if uh, if reality completely changed. Was there ever talks about an animated show with Snake? There are still talks about it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah, we've been trying to, you know, Be the awesome. director, again, Jordan is trying to uh, set that up. And there's a lot of interest in it, but it's difficult to coordinate the companies, I think, is, is the problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to get, you know, you have to get Sony on board. You have to get Konami on board. You have to get... Uh, the, whatever the network or streamer like a netflix or something on board so it's you know it's complex to put it together but to do it with the original cast and sort of really flesh out the world would be very very cool so you would have noticed obviously that sony are really going down the path of movies you know with uncharted you got the last of us show you've got other movies in the fold um 
do you are you surprised by that? Are you is that something you'd want to be involved with? What are your thoughts on why they're why they're going so heavy into that area? Well, because you can't make anything now unless it's got IP behind it. So unless it's an intellectual property, an established world genre, whatever, something that's that's been sold before, like that's that's the only way you get particularly big movies. Big movies now cost between one hundred and two million, two hundred million dollars. So they need proven concepts, and they're running out of them. It's it's why they. It's why they dove so hard into Marvel because suddenly they were like, oh my God, we've got all this material mm. that's already written and established. And so we can just mine that for forever. Um, but now they're running low on comic book movies. They've, they've done everything. So obviously if a movie or if a game makes a hundred million dollars or a billion dollars, then there that's their next plan. You know, you look at a halo or you look at uncharted or the last of us and, Anything that makes a huge impression, or I'm sorry, anything that makes a lot of money <laughs> will be viewed by the studios as a viable option. Um, and I think it's great because I think that that games have been home to some of the most groundbreaking storytelling in mm. entertainment for for quite some time. Same, same, same with comics, where comics were doing amazing things with writing that were so much edgier than anything you get in the movies. Um, so yeah, so I think it's great. So yeah, I, I very often any any film executives that know that I'm Snake or know that I'm a gamer come to me and you know, like I say, they send me free video games all the time to consider adapting, and that's pretty cool. Um, and that's I love awesome. it. If, if the if the world is is great, like like Days Gone, I really like Days Gone. I thought it was me too. It was I'm, a cool, it's a shame there's no sequel coming. Yeah, future. that's a bummer. That's mm. a bummer. But I'm sure it's based on sales or reception yeah. or whatever. But the game itself, I thought, was a really well-told story. It was original. The gameplay of it was so cool. Uh, the motorcycle, the hordes, all that mm. stuff. So, um, so yeah. So I thought that could be a good ad- adaptation. And it didn't. It didn't come together for whatever reason. You know, a lot of times you have these meetings and everybody's excited, and then nothing. People yeah. forget about it. Um, but uh, but yeah. No, I'm always on the lookout for. Uh, for great adaptations. Oh, you would knock that out of the park. And speaking of comics, Watchmen, what a movie. Zack Snyder. What do you remember from that experience? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a very good movie. I I watch that every year. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, What do I remember? Well, I worked on that movie for nine years. Um, Wow. Yeah, four different studios, four different directors attached at various times. Shit. Uh, you know, we almost made it in London in 2006 with Paul Greengrass directing, uh, where we were, the sets were built and we were casting and we were almost ready to shoot and then the studio killed it. The studio got a new really? uh, chairman. Yeah, wow. Brad Gray came in. I can say this now because he's dead. Uh, Brad Gray came in and took over the studio and he didn't want a Sherry Lansing film. Took over Paramount. And so he uh, he killed it and like like just well just put a knife in it out of nowhere. Yeah, a couple months before we started shooting, so we'd already spent millions of dollars on it, and a lot of yeah, a lot of the Paul Greengrass version was prevised. Well, it's 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 usually what happens when somebody comes in and takes over a studio; they don't want somebody else's hundred and fifty million dollar film. Oh, okay. 
if it if it works, it's like, oh, that was Sherry Lansing and she was a genius. If it doesn't work, you get blamed for Sherry Lansing's choice to pick it up. So you lose either way. You know what yeah. I mean? They look at it as lose lose. I I I'd be like, just have it be a hit and own it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so he killed it there, and then we, uh, and then it ended up at Warner Brothers. And Warner said, I, I didn't think we were going to get it made. And then Warner said, well, we got a director who just did this movie three hundred for us. You know, will you take a look at the at the movie and tell us what you think? And so me and the producers looked at the early an early version of three hundred, and we were like. Yeah. yeah, this guy. <laughs> this guy can. This guy can hire do this it. guy Im- immediately because he knows <laughs> he knows comic books. The movie was so beautiful and the action was so incredible. So, um, so yeah, so it was Zach who got it made. Really? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Suddenly he was he was the hot new director and he wanted to do Watchmen and my script landed on his desk and that's how it happened. So did you see um, his his version of Justice League recently? What do you think? was very good yeah <laughs> it was very good i mean you know um i enjoyed it more than the theatrical version uh you know i think four hours four is hours is long little, you know what i mean a little indulgent i mean that's not really a movie anymore that's more of a an event that you're you know mm. but it, i thought it was incredible how much he had shot and how much of that world was rendered I I loved. Um, I thought Ray Fisher's storyline was great. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, I really loved. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman's introduction. There was a lot of really, really amazing sequences. Obviously, as there always are in, in his films, and uh, it was cool. I'm I'm really glad he got to uh, got to finish it. Did you watch it in two sittings like me, or one big one? No, uh, four. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So four one-hour blocks, like a. Sh- like a show. Yeah, yeah, essentially yeah. that's that's what I do if something's really long or if it's difficult to get through. Like I'm I'm watching my dinner with Andre right now and I've done two 15-minute sections. <laughs> so I so, sort of go through in pieces. What what movies can you recommend recently? I always I always point to anything Nolan or like recently Parasite or um, yeah, Parasite was beautiful. Really movies cool like that. Movie. Is there what what can you recommend lately that you've watched? Besides oh, Warrior Nun, obviously, on Netflix streaming now. Warrior Nun <laughs> is possibly the greatest piece of entertainment that's ever been made. Um, You're not biased. Well, uh, no, no, no. Uh, that's just objective. That's just an objective. <laughs> it's it's an objective truth, mate. Um, uh, truth. Um, I. Uh, it's not a movie, but I loved The Great. Did you see The Great? The it's Great. What's series. that? It's a television series with Nick Nicholas Holt and. Uh, the great. Uh, is it Dakota Fanning or Elle Fanning? I always get them mixed up. Yeah, Ella Fanning. Yeah, Elle Fanning. Yeah. It's amazing. They're bo- and they're comedy all drama. Amazing. Yeah, haven't seen it. Yeah, it's essentially it's <clears throat> created by the guy who wrote the favorite, um, the movie Ooh, with uh, the movie. Olivia Coleman, and uh, so it's that sort of style. That that was that was amazing. Um, I'm watching the show Invincible right now. And that's pretty damn cool. The animated series, the animated comic, yeah, that just came out. Robert Kirkman's show. Um, what movies have? I, oh my god! I just watched uh, Promising Young Woman. You ever seen that? Oh, she knocks it out of the park, doesn't she? Holy, Carrie well, Mulligan. I'm not Carrie Mulligan is astounding. There's a moment that I won't. I would never spoil this, but there's a moment at the end where I was like, "That's the." I was gutsiest. shocked. 
the, that's the gutsiest bit of screenwriting I've seen in decades. I mean, it was it was so good, and I, I don't want to say any more than that because I know what you mean. I know it. what you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't never have the had the guts to do that. So that, um, yeah, yeah. So it was super. It was super well done. Um, what else am I watching? I don't know. I don't know. What about what about you? Did you ever see Tenet? I haven't seen Tenet. Are you, are you a really. Nolan fan or not really? Not you really. can be honest. I shouldn't be, but uh, but I'm, <laughs> no, I find I find the movies a little slow and a little incomprehensible. Yeah, but, really. Yeah. I mean, look, he's a master. He's a he's a he's a towering filmmaking talent. Mm. Um, but it just doesn't it's, it doesn't really grab me in the same way that. So, who are your your favorite working directors at the moment? Someone like, um, mm. like who who did um, Trial of the Chicago Seven? What's his name? Oh, well, that was that was uh, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is he someone that that you think's doing a yeah? Bang up well, job? obviously, as a screenwriter, he's a god. Uh, <laughs> as a filmmaker, he's he's becoming very very good. Yeah, um, yeah, I love his. Yeah, I love him to death. Yeah, um, Ari Aster. Who did Midsommar and uh, Hereditary? Uh, I, I tell you what, mid see I Hereditary know. I love, but Midsummer was too much for me. You know? Oh really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I see, just... Hereditary was too much for me. I, I was like, oh, oh really? God. It was yeah. so it was so amazingly well executed, but I was like, I never want to go through that again. <laughs> Midsommar, I felt like was a walk in the park in comparison, and I really, really? I actually found it. Yeah, I found it hugely funny. Like what? We watched the same movie. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's, it's what are you well, talking about, Dave? It's the nature of their. Well, okay. So first of all, and these will be minor plot spoilers, but nothing, nothing serious. But first of all, he's trying to break up with her, right? He's like, this relationship is going nowhere. He's he's over it, and so on and so forth. And then her parents die, and it just cuts to him and her on the couch. And she's just like shrieking with sob, <gasps> and he and can't so, do it. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. But having been a boyfriend in that situation, I'm just watching this guy, and it's like, oh man, you, you got to stick it out. Now. <laughs> and so you know, I just found stuff like that hilarious. Like that, it was is this horrific horror film, but at the same time, it's really just about being in this terrible relationship that's just that's not even ugly it's just boring and not great and i found it one of the most disturbing films i've ever seen yeah ever seen it's pretty pretty damn disturbing but but in comparison to hereditary holy maybe i need to watch hereditary again (laughs) oh my god that messed messed me up that was more psychological whether as midsummer was there was a lot of imagery that was disturbing you know what i mean I and guess so. I have the and, exact, exact opposite yeah. experience. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's I thought. I thought. I thought Midsommar was a was a frothy comedy in comparison. But even but saying that, I yeah, I agree. He's he's going to be a star if he isn't already. Oh, can't wait astounding. to see. He's got a movie coming out of. I can't remember what it is, but that he's working on. But yeah, anything with his name, I'll watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's just transcendent filmmaking. And um, oh, same with uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. You know. Who did uh, uh, the favorite and mm. um, the lobster and uh, the Lobster's killing of a weird. sacred deer? Oh, they're weird films. 
<laughs> killing of a sacred deer. Oh my god, that's so disturbing. Oh. Um, but it, and the tone of it is just so unique. Anyway, so the, those filmmakers, I'm really blown away by. But I also love, um, like, I love James Gunn. I love what he does with the the Guardian movies. I love. Yeah, he's know, fun. I, like, I love, I love really fun filmmakers as well. And, and yeah. Um, so uh, I've got a lot of a lot of a lot of directors I admire that are working right now. I'll give you a couple more because I know you're a very busy man, and I really appreciate your time, mate. No, um, Nick Nick M says, question for Dave: What was it like working on Guyver and working uh, with the Japanese production team? It was amazing. So yeah. Guyver, so this is a movie I did called Guyver Two: Dark Hero, and I was the star. And I was 23 years old, and I got cast in this. And I always wanted to be Batman or Indiana Jones or something. So I got to play this superhero character. And it was a dream. And so we went out. We shot most of it. Uh, the cave scenes were all shot in a soundstage in Van Nuys. But the rest of it we shot out in the Angeles Crest Mountains in the, in the woods, wow. in the actual woods. And so it was, like, it was like summer camp. But, you know, you're getting paid, and it was all these beautiful actors and sets and stunts and explosions and, and stuff. <laughs> and, and the Japanese fight crew were astounding like the oh. fight scenes the fight scenes in that movie are so good that i was sitting in my office at x-men um and the stunt coordinator walked past with guyver 2 on vhs in his hand and i was like gary stop where are you going he goes oh i'm going to show this to to brian the director and i was like why and he goes have you ever seen the fight scenes in this movie and i was like i was like gary turn it over so he turns it over and he goes that's you and i was like yeah and he goes why is that you and i'm like i'm the star of the movie so so um yeah so uh it was an amazing an amazing adventure oh. i just got to i got to be a superhero i've met met my wife on that show and oh really yeah she she's she plays mary she's the archaeology student the little shorts and the red top and she discovers the uh the spaceship oh wow that's cool I didn't know that. You got you got kids, don't you, mate? I do. A Guyver baby. Um, but <laughs> yeah, my daughter Natasha has just turned seventeen. Hey, she was she. Is it true that she was? Um, the name yes. came from Black Widow. Yeah. 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 I, I was attached to direct the Black Widow movie, write and direct the Black Widow movie in two thousand and four when she was born, and. Um, so she was born, and the next day I had a meeting at Marvel, and I I showed her picture to Kevin Feige and to Avi Arad, and Avi said, "Oh, David, she's so beautiful. What is her name?" And I was like, well, "She doesn't have one yet." And uh, he's like, "What about Natasha? It's a beautiful name." So I was like, "If it gets the movie made, sure." So um, so we no, but I like the name too. So we so we named her after the Black Widow. So that was before even Iron Man came out. That was before the big Marvel sweep swept the yeah. uh, world. Yeah, it was like when they were doing, when they were doing the first Punisher movies and mm. with other studios, and so this was so Black Widow was originally set up with uh, Lakeshore Entertainment, or I'm sorry, um, Lionsgate Entertainment. So we oh, were okay. uh, we were developing okay. it over there, and then and in fact Iron Man, I worked, I was a writer on the first Iron Man for a year as well. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I didn't. I ended up getting sort of boned out of credit, but. Um, but we did that at New Line Cinema, 
And then a year into it, they said, we're going to do this as our own studio. And so that's what happened. Can, can I, how does that work? Just quickly ask you, how does that work? How do you get boned out of a credit like that? How does that? Well, it was very weird. I, what, what is it? I know. I, I don't know. It, it was, I've never heard of it happening like this before. Um, but what happened was, so I wrote it when we were at New Line, but I wrote it with Marvel. And then they went and Marvel went and made the movie, you know, which was essentially the movie we had developed. And then the Writers Guild told me I couldn't arbitrate for credit because there was a break in the chain of title, that they had gone from New Line to uh, Marvel Studios, and I had never worked for Marvel Studios because it hadn't existed. And I was like, yeah, but I worked with Marvel. They were the producers on the thing. It's all the same people making the movie. <laughs> and uh, the, but the Writers Guild said I, I couldn't arbitrate for credit. So uh, it, was, it was a bummer. That's it was a weird. bummer. I, a yeah. couple of quick ones here, Ryan. What's your weirdest fan interaction that you've ever had? Oh, God. You know, it, 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 it goes on and on. Well, I mean, I, I talked about making a Doritos Tacos Loco uh, as yeah. Snake with a guy. I signed a guy's prosthetic leg. Uh, I've signed people's boobs. Um, no way. Uh, really? I, oh, yeah. I've signed a number of boobs. Uh, Men and, and female. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, I'm like, do not get this tattooed on 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 your boob. Um, and uh, oh god, you know, there's all sorts of things. There's, I mean, there's things, people come up to me and say things that make no sense to me. They talk about like anime characters I did that I have oh, no. Oh, really? Of and, and you're and, like, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I'm like, sure, yeah, that's <laughs> yes. I'm sure your theory is correct. Yeah, yeah. There's some passionate fans. David, my name's Carl, huge fan. Can I get a liquid? Carl, you can absolutely get a liquid. (laughs) Uh, Dylan, so I'll give you a couple more. I've said that 10 minutes ago. David, how do you become a good screenwriter? Well, you read a lot, read read (laughs) a lot of scripts, um, read the screenwriting books, yeah, uh, and then you write a lot. You, I mean, that's the key to being a good writer: is you read a lot and you write a lot. Um, so start writing. It's hard when you're not getting paid for it to find it to carve out the time, but you need to if you really want to be a good screenwriter. Try to find an hour a day, write one or two pages a day, and you know you'll have, you know, a first draft in in a few months. Um, and then, so my recommendation is write a screenplay, put it away. Write a second screenplay, put it away. Write a third screenplay, and you're starting to get pretty good. Now go back, re-edit your third screenplay again and again and again until it's good. Now take in everything you've learned and go back and rewrite one and two. And oh, then like you'll that. have then you'll have three hopefully well-written screenplays. Um, you'll have put in the work you need to put in. And um, you know, beyond that, it's just about loving movies and loving you know, the ability to watch a movie and break down the screenplay structure. You know, how is the character progressing? What are the obstacles in their way? How, how are, where are their character turns? Where does the story turn? Um, you know, all that stuff. And it's really fun. It's, it's screenwriting is like architecture. You know, you, you, it's like building a house, um, more so than, than novel writing, I, I think. Um, mm. so, uh, so there's a definite technique to it. There is no shortage of books or people to give you advice. Mm. Um, so just 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 got to do it. Do it and do it and do it and do it. 
That's great advice. Great advice, mate. So upcoming projects, as you said, Warrior Nun Season 2. Would that come out next year, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. 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 Probably the beginning of next year, which, you know, it's it's a while since season one, but uh, but it's going to be good. It's going to be second good? Season's, second season's very cool. Better than the first? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, I love the first season, but... You know, we learned a lot of lessons and we're building on a lot of relationships that that uh, got set up. So I think so. I think it'll up the ante and and um, it's going to be very, very cool for, for the Warrior Nun fans out there. Um, I'm producing an animated show that I'm going to be in that I can't talk about. Yep. Uh, what can I talk about? You, were, um, you There was a mini series you were attached to, World War Three. Yeah, you know, yeah, that was that's still on my imdb we developed that like i don't know eight years ago and i i got a deal at fox and i wrote it and i wrote the pilot and the all the time i was working on the pilot the or during the time i was working on the pilot the they shut down the fox event miniseries department so by the time i delivered the script they were like oh we're not really doing that anymore but nobody told me. I, I was just writing, you know. So I wrote it, and I I got paid for it. But um, that is just this is bizarre. Just, some of these stories that you say. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's insane like, the stuff I deal with. And so it just died. Um, but I think it's such a compelling title that people people pick it out all the time, and they're like, "What about World War Three? And I'm like, That's "So it is cool. there. It's there. If 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 it was like, it exists. It's, but, exists. But but since then, you know, Fox." Television has been bought by uh, Disney. Disney, so it's yeah. not and it's not even the same owners anymore. So yes, Disney theoretically owns my World War Three script, and if they want to bring it back, you know, I'm I'm down. But uh, it just got caught in in the in the mess of corporate reorganization. So. Well, mate, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did it indeed. I enjoyed myself immensely. Are great questions, and and uh, your uh, your fans are obviously intelligent, highly attractive people. So um, just like the know, host, please, yeah, just like the host. <laughs> so uh, my love to you and to all of them. And you know, if I find myself in Australia at the end of the year and you see me sneaking about, please call my name. Well, I, th- I think you'll drink me under the table after Keith. After I've had Keitha some practice story. now. You've had some practice, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll is there see. anything we'll is see. there anything else you want to say mate to to the fans just quickly or yeah just uh, look i want to say that i continue to appreciate your love and support and enthusiasm i i i really am so fortunate in that i i i almost never have any negative fan interactions almost never and that's unheard of in this snipey snide world so uh thank you all for being so supportive and so awesome and I look forward to meeting you all. And, of course, follow Dave on Twitter, Instagram, and get a cameo from him. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before I let you go, I've got a, I've got a good friend of mine. His name's Vikarth, and Metal Gear Solid 1's his favorite game of all time. Is there anything Snake can say to Vike? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Vikarth? Vikarth, yeah. He doesn't know I'm doing this, but, um, yeah, his name's Vikarth. Yeah. I could say, Vikarth, this is Snake. We're having a problem with Metal Gear, 
and I need your help. So contact me by codec, damn it. Damn. He's going to love that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Mate, it's been my an pleasure, honor. My uh, I'm going to well, have you let's back. Do it again sometime. We're going to do it again. 100%, mate. Have a great have a great day, mate. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks you too.